Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi folks out there, uh, you're very welcome to an early morning start here uh, in Cork Examiner headquarters here uh, for our National League podcast in association with Alliance. Early start because uh, Mr TJ Ryan has joined us and he had to be up this morning giving his uh, brother Donny and Gary Spillane a hand with milking. Is that right TJ? Busy season day look, how's Kevin, whole lot yeah. Lemon as well, is lemon over? No, 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 24 hours a day at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. I'm all the signs of it. Apparently. You were on about Cheltenham there. I mean, got Yeah, this day two weeks. I'm, I'm just appealing to anybody with a bit of info there. I need a bit all the help we can. Well, get. we're going to get your nap before you go. Two weeks. Yeah, we have one. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> well, also joined. Uh, Larry's obviously here with us, and Mark Landers here with us as well. So, obviously, a mad busy weekend. Uh, unlike last weekend, uh, the weather was bad, and I suppose anyone that saw the pictures last night from Port Leash. Would just say like you know it was it was chronic stuff, but look, we got through a full round of fixtures at least in general. So things beginning to get a bit clearer, Mark, in terms of tables and that. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose we have the postponed round to think about, but uh, yeah. in general, there's a bit of a you know look, things are looking clear on on some parts. Yeah, I, I suppose in Division One A at the moment, Anthony, you'd have to say that Limerick and Waterford are, are in a good position. Both of them have won the three matches that they've played yet. And um, Cork, I suppose, on four points, and their game against Galway next weekend now could determine which whether one of them will go forward, maybe into to be in the three, and then in the Division One B, I suppose you'd have to say your own county, Clare, undefeated, you know, seven points, um, a possibility to get into nine. Wexford, Kilkenny, on six and five. Like there's a still a lot of competition to be to be to be um, panned out there. Well, but the only real one, Mark, I'd say, is if the Dubs, like obviously, Leash did their business. Yeah. So Eddie be happy this morning and, and like I know they're treadbare with injuries and everything. But if it, the only way really I can't like if you even look at the Mets, if the dubs came to Innes and beat Clare, they'd still only be on six and you would expect Kenny and 
uh, Wexford to beat Leash mm. and Carlow respectively. Yes, so yes, yeah. that it looks, looks like kind of a done they, they deal look, there. They look nailed on, and, yeah. was, and the biggest the biggest game there over the weekend as was was the the Leash Carlow game. That yeah. for either of the teams, whoever got defeated there was looking at being in the relegation final. So that was a massive game for both. And Borden went at it hammers and tongs under tough conditions. We saw the field Savage. four matches in seven days. Savage. And do you know what, TJ? There was a few lads. You know the crack now with fellas saying pick out an old accumulator there for the weekend and who will you throw in and all this and. Phil Essential Leash are certs to beat Carlo. And I said to a few lads, this is Saturday now. I said, I said, that'll be savage. Carlo are waiting for this match. And like I was even pointing it out maybe last night that they were minus on the on points difference, they were kind of minus twenty-three, which meant they were having having less of a cut probably than Leash yeah. in most of the games, but they were going certainly having one Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. And you could probably see Colin Bonner, he had that lined up a long way out, like he that, that was firmly firmly fixed in the calendar. But I'd say overall they'll in the two groups. I don't think there's anything majorly surprising there. Um I'd say if you were kind of forecasting maybe early on, maybe as I said, you might have thought maybe Claire would have been top, like but other than that, I said it's kind of more or less as you probably would have predicted at the start, like yeah. yeah, and like the All Ireland champions did the postponed week work out kind of nicely for them. When you think of they had they were meant to go to Salt Hill, and all of a sudden to get a week off and probably trained hard. I know conditions were very bad now last weekend, obviously, but then they had the Westmead home game, which they switched mm-hmm. from Nina back to Torless and won easily, and now have the win up. Larry's given us the, the side eye glance there, <laughs> but like had, has that worked out nicely for them in terms of? There's not three consecutive defeats or anything like that on, on the board? Absolutely. I, I, I think if you ask Sheedy this morning, I'd say be very happy. I think they're kind of a little bit under the radar. Normally, this time of the year, the previous All-Ireland champions are kind of up there. The momentum has carried them forward. They're normally top of the league. I'd say he'll be happy enough. Um, I'd, whether he makes the knockout stages, I'd say it won't be the end of the world for him. I'd say he probably still will, but I, I, yeah. I would say he'll be happy enough. And he, he's blooded an awful lot of new players as well in the team. And, you know, even though they were defeated in the first two games, they were very competitive in both games. And, and both games went to the wire so I'd say he'd be happy enough where things are at at the moment yeah just just on that lads are we, are we missing a trick here or the GA missing a trick now and not being totally bashing the GA for the whole weekend obviously we did a bit of that last night but um, the postponed games like they'll have to be played like let's face it like I mean Galway it's been well documented Galway's financial situation mm. like and mm. Galway hosts and the Ireland champions. So that's going to have to be played. Now, it could be a dead rubber after the weekend. Surely those games should have gone ahead next weekend. Correct. Give the teams that played the weekend off and then a full round of fixtures all on a two o'clock the following Sunday. Yeah. Because we're probably going back a week now anyway. Well, well, definitely the last round of the league should be left as the last round of the league. Now, for me, I, I think in modern society now, when travel is very easy and you have lighted pitches and stuff for like that, I'd be a big advocate that if a game was postponed, it's up to the GA and the two counties involved to refix that game before the last round is played. And if that's a midweek game or if it's a Friday night, I'm sorry, I know the weather conditions were, were difficult and all that, but you have to f- fulfil that fixture before the last round. So, like, for me, Anthony, like, if there's going to be a pushback of all the fixtures now, the quarterfinals, that's the worst possible chance because you're squeezing into the club season then. So, for me, on those postponed games, they should be refixed. And I know you're going to get the hassle with midweek games and work and travel and college and all that kind of stuff. I don't see anything wrong with it being a Friday night. And I know you'll get the, the teams that will say, oh, we have to play Friday and we have to play mm-hmm. on Sunday. But Problem being, though, Marcus Galway wouldn't have a floodless venue to, to take 
the crowds. Right, okay. If you know what I mean. They probably have a floodlit venue you could play the match, TJ, I presume. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The training ground Lock George or a couple of other pitches there, even um, inside in town. But they wouldn't have, say, the crowd or not. Not, no. So, yeah. I mean, in that respect, in terms of yeah. getting well, six or seven thousand there, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah but that, that, that wouldn't happen for them anyway. But joining on just what you said there, I think it's only the league is coming into play here. Now, if this was championship, I think people would be making a lot more noise about it. The last round, like people would be kind of, every point would be crucially sought for. Just three to qualify here. I don't think the managers are making a lot of noise about it. So I think it's only the league is coming into play. Like, Yeah. I still, you know, there's significant games though because it's it's um, Limerick and Watford and uh, Tip play Watford this weekend. So yeah. if Tip beat them, yeah, they're, they're, in, know, they're, they're in the mix. I, I, I don't take anything for... Look, I'm a big advocate of the league, I must say. Um, there are five teams there. Like, you've got with Tip, Cork, Waterford and Limerick. There's only three of them can qualify. There's a big gap between the... You know, if you don't make the knockout stages of the league, there's a huge gap between that and the championship. I'd, I'd be inclined to... If I could get to the quarterfinal or the semi-final of the league and maybe then have your three weeks before the championship, I mm. that would be my preparation, my preference for preparation. But I, I don't think you also don't want to be giving any team any edge on you either at the same time yeah and like I know they did was it two years ago Larry if I'm right uh, they, 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 they called off a Watford football league game because it didn't matter Watford couldn't kind yeah. of get anywhere and it was an added fixture and they wanted to get ahead with the club month Correct. and put a cut into it but I, I can't see how in division one of the Hurling league that we have divided up into two divisions now and made a big deal mm. about mm. how we can say Ara we won't bother playing that it's not going to get anyone through. I that has to be played to my no, mind. No, I, I would agree. Well, the game you. definitely has to be played. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. has yeah. to be a bad precedent for going forward. I think they don't play the game. Yeah, look, sure. I I just think they might have missed the trick there. If we are going back a week, it was the ideal weekend next weekend to play them. Now they, they might have Paddy's Day, which traditionally we'd have always had the club finals. The club finals yeah. That's a Tuesday, but that's getting on in the month as well, though. And obviously, you know, you probably have to maybe try and play quarterfinals on the Saturday or something. And then league semi-finals, have, uh, if they wanted to stick to the original fixtures on Paddy's Day, mm. then that's not going to work either. Mm. A chart notice, mm. like mm. Saturday, Tuesday, it's not really a runner. Yeah, the flip side of all is still, like, if, if you take like the intercounty teams, what, what they're doing today, right? Like now there's potentially five games left for somebody, right? So if you've got two, two league games left, potentially a quarter-final and semi-final final, just that's a lot of work at this time of the year, considering you're trying to get that training block in as well. Like that would effectively take any sort of training out, really. Mm. Yeah, well, I, look, I suppose for me, you know, there is if if there happened to be a game that had to be played, I I, th- I think all games should be played, whatever it is, whether you push them back. But again, my view, I think the the teams that you know have missed out in the game should be refixed amongst themselves. But then you have the situation where Limerick, I suppose, are heading off on a warm wedding week this week it might upset their, their fixtures <laughs> well I don't know it, 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 it depends just going golfing depends. a bunch of buddies are you <laughs> going to Cheltenham is it <laughs> no, no, Cheltenham's two weeks. Week early. I, I, I didn't hear anything about that let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone to ground under the table here <laughs> you get no, uh, there was a time the Limerick fella tell you anything but yeah, at the moment yeah, they tell yeah. you nothing like. <laughs> getting cute Ella. yeah well look going back to that uh, very good win yesterday TJ which for me, anyway, watching it, I was up, obviously, in the studio. I was at Wexford and, Car- and Dublin, obviously. But uh, it looked as if Cork had, you know, when the second goal went in, you said that this, this is Cork's win now, the way it, it was looking. Yeah, I mean, 29 points, 221. I know the surface is very good. It sounds like an absolute classic. You were there. Yeah, no, it certainly wasn't a classic. It, 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 it lacked... A flow and it lacked intensity. Um, but, like, Limerick scored 17 points in the first half. Very impressive. 
I'd say Cork outside of that maybe third quarter they didn't finish that great I think they had 2.17 on the board there with probably about tw- including injured him the bones of 20 minutes to play like it only finished the momentum was winning at that stage and they only scored 4 points from their home so I think they'll be a little bit disappointed but like overall from Limerick like any time you go to Cork and win Delo as we will know uh, is it, a good result like so 2001 yeah were you playing it was yeah. So were, you, were you forward or back that time uh, <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure but definitely a back yeah, 2001 yeah, there, there wasn't a huge amount of league games obviously because Limerick would have been in Division 1B but it's, it just takes a while and even like I know you, you touched on it there the weekend just, just even making a little bit of a statement for the championship coming down the track like, like going to Cork and championship is going, going to be very difficult so to get out yesterday with a win like for the head definitely very good yeah and uh, like the funny thing was that at half time they looked like there was only one team in it um, like Cork had only two points scored from play uh, Limerick had 11 points scored from play they were doing all the, the hurling I would say in the first half and then the game swung on his head which is again we're back to the consistency situation from a Cork perspective there's no there's just no consistency in the team um, I, I can't put my hand on it and we all know it the players know it the manager know it the supporters know it but ultimately it's up to the players yeah, the puck out struggled in the first half in a big way too Martin didn't it? he did and, but, and the funny thing is Pat Collins will probably get the blame for it but as a, a lot of coaches will tell you tis what the runners are doing you know it's probably three quarters of it as well but for me if the puck out is only landing between the two sixty fives, I think you're inviting trouble on yourself yeah. at least it breaks down above the 65 your own 65 it's a bit of a help you know yeah to me you now it looked tactically yesterday for Clark that putting the puck out down on top of Limerick half-back lane was a no-no that wasn't done at all like that was kind of your last option so like you're going to get one or two breakdowns but in the first half definitely they probably coughed up three four points I think you know I mean? which which didn't help the situation no and, and they, they never helped momentum as well and 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 like every time you have a, a sharp puck out um, intercepted and stuff like that that's obviously piercing away with your spirit and your determination but you know I'd also say like at the end of the day that Patrick Collins is, is probably under an awful lot of pressure because there's a big debate going on in Cork at this moment in time is it going to be Patrick Collins is it going to be Anthony Nash for the championship and stuff like that and you know I, the other thing is Patrick conceded no goal no he probably didn't get a whole pile to do yesterday either in terms of we say shot stopping and stuff like that but against Tipperary he was outstanding he was probably w- one of our key players and a, and a big reason why we beat Tip that night so I, I wouldn't be trying you know I wouldn't be trying a whole pile of muck at Patrick this morning except for the fact that you know it is highlighted more when when, when, when certainly when the, the yeah. podcasts are intercepted I, ju- I just think looking at the Cork situation I think the number 6 position is vital for them to get fixed and have something solid and Certain for championship, I think it's a key position for them. They've struggled with it for the last couple of years. I think that's just really on that teacher, like you been there. Did I get it right from that Robert Downey yeah. actually played there, yeah. and and Bill Cooper played left half back, yeah. and Tim Manny right half back, or yeah. vice versa. That, that, that's more or less the way like you know Bill Cooper was pushed into the middle of the field and like literally um, Downey was kind of following Kyle Hayes right so okay. like you could at different times if you had if you had a look in you might have been a little bit confused but definitely Downey you certainly set would up. be confused with that Limerick movement anyway mm. the, the, the Limerick movement yeah and like they, they kind of the, the Limerick half forward line like they came very very deep like at times and the like who in fairness is really starting to look yeah, 2018 sharp I think he's key I think he's key for the team his movement and like he kind of frees up a lot of space he makes an awful lot of runs and covers a lot of ground so he's key for the Marija mm-hmm. yeah American you, you touched on it like that consistency like and you know I'd, I'd have said like there yesterday you know he wore a, a special commemorative jersey for great Lord Mayor Thomas McCorton plugged across the road here by the RIC who we were going to commemorate a few weeks ago that's right and the man who took over from him as Lord Mayor Terence McSweeney yeah. 
starved himself like lasted 74 days over in Brixton prison and brought him back to Cork I think there was 30,000 people lined the streets absolutely but like the two of them on your jersey and I think the burning of Cork was mentioned and, and Kilmichael right. was mentioned that's right and yeah. you'd say God almighty we're this crowd are going to come out all guns blazing yeah. and put Limerick back in their box like you and know like, and then I'm looking at the score to 17 points to 9 at one stage and Limerick are kind of just playing triangles around them and that's there's right. no one yeah. no to be fair whatever was said at half time Certainly uh, had the, had the fight had, level went up. Yes, and 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 Anthony. To be fair, for the first twenty five minutes of the second half, Cork probably dominated the game, but they get the two goals, and Shane Kingston got a great goal. Now, to be fair, with Hollis War off him, and I don't have any issue with that as well. Aidan Welsh plucked the ball out of the sky to his memories of the Gaelic grounds a number of years ago when he plucked seven points and playing everyone him coming across the field to catch a touch a Le- Le- LeBron James about him, but like. We were in a winning position, as I said. Had all the momentum, got two goals. The team didn't know how to defend the lead and the team didn't know how to drive on with the lead. So that would be a major concern for me. And we've seen it with this Limerick team in particular. You saw it in the first round of the league this year where Tipperary were 10 points up, I think, at halftime and looked like they were going to kick on the next of all Limerick systems. Listen, do you know what? We're not going to get embarrassed here. We're going to turn the screw. And they did. They came back and they beat Tip. And yesterday with 10 minutes to go, three points down, Cork had all the momentum, and Limerick started to say, you know what, we're going to battle this at the end. Like, and the turned the screw. But what was really disappointing for me was when the game was level, you had Colm Spinan kick the ball out over the line for a 65, right? Burns nailed it. Right? Point. Then we had Owen Cadigan giving away a handy free to put a two points up. Now, to me, and I was just thinking, well, what parallels do you put it down? You put it down to rugby, in my opinion, when you're when the opposition are on your end line, right, and they're looking for that try to win it, and you're standing up and you're going to fight tooth and nail to make sure you don't give away the try, you don't give away a penalty. And this situation, two experienced players to give away handy points like that, for me, I was really disappointed. Yeah, I know. say Spillane was unlucky, no mark in fairness. I don't, I, don't, like, I don't think it was intention. He tried to knock the ball ahead to try and pick it up. Like, I don't think it was an intentional but, 65. He was a little bit disappointed with it. But like, what I would say, like, in fairness to Cork, right, I thought there was some shoots in there. Like, definitely the first um, part of the second half, they worked fairs hard. Once they got that into motion, right, their play did kick in. And they did lead like, with a couple of minutes to play here, right? The last, like, their forwards for me didn't show enough in the last 10, 12 minutes, right? Like, there was nobody really kind of, like, Hoggy got one or two unbelievable scores, as he does, right? But outside of that, I just didn't see enough from them. But TJ, why did we have to wait till half time, right, okay, to show the spirit and the heart? And as Dale mentioned, and we are now around Cork about the commemorative jersey and stuff like that. I wasn't going to say it, but thanks, you, you've brought it up, Right. We shouldn't have had to wait to half time to see a bit of spark out of this team. That team should have been coming out all guns blazing. Limerick are going to be a key team in the championship this year and they're going to be coming to Cork. You know, a bit like we went down to Waterford because we'd go down there in championship as well and we were lame enough going down in Waterford and it happened in the first half. We were very lame as well. Like, Would I be right in saying like, did I talk, like, it's, and it's, it's easy talk here now when you're meeting that Limerick wall around the middle mm. but like any time they got good ball up to Hoggy or certainly to Kingston. Like, Kingston did something positive nearly every ball he got, I felt. Yeah. And, like, he just didn't get up the ball. Now, I know Declan Hannon doesn't hardly leave the D. Do you know, we'll sit there and, like, and we did pick out a clip last night of Bill Cooper playing the one. Now, only Hoggy would probably score it from the corner. Some like score. Some score. <laughs> outrageous. Different gravy. Like outrageous. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't seem to be able to get that fast angle ball up 
or is that just the Limerick system makes that so difficult? No, they didn't. They definitely didn't. And like, I, I don't know what kind of targets they'd have for themselves. Like normally, I think we say for intercounty teams, they'd probably be looking to get maybe 30 balls to their inside forward line. But Cork didn't do that. They, did, they didn't get enough ball in there in the second half. Um, like, yeah, the middle third, as we well know now, right? Like Limerick are savages there, and they do kind of get all those hooks and blocks and stop you from getting it in. But I just, I, I, I don't know. Like Cork. When they use the ball short at times, right? Like they are really, really good ball players. But for me, definitely not enough ball inside. And in fairness to Kingston, that was some goal. Like, his, like it was what five defenders in country him down. Like so, that definitely dragged them back into the game. But outside of that, I don't think there was enough from the forwards in the day. Yeah, well, I we mentioned this before. The the quality of the ball going in, the fast ball isn't going in often enough, and it looks great. Four or five defenders back in our own forty-five yard line pucking the ball over and back to field. But all they're doing is giving the, the defenders on the other side of the field a chance to actually cut down space and get back and mark their men. So, yeah. look. Just the Limerick forwards got a lot of tackles in as well, a lot of, a lot of blocks. Like, right, like blocking Tim O'Mahony, I think it was by Kyle Hayes. They're near the end, the block by Galen. Aaron Galan. Do you, like, you know yourself, anybody who's played in the inside back line, like, right, to see those, like, that's massive, massive help. Mm. Yeah, and look, obviously, lads, we, we qualify everything here and hopefully we'll be here uh, Hopefully the two of you will be friends on the 11th of uh, May. But obviously, that's, this is a curtain raiser for that on the 11th of May. And like at the end of the day, we all know there was league games we weren't really up for. Yeah. But championship is championship. Like your life is on the line. We know we always felt like that for championship. And, and Cork and Cork have, have to be fair in the last number of years have played really well against Limerick as well. You know, two years ago there was a classic game in Parky Cueve. Last year we went up to Limerick and beat Limerick above there. So I mean, it's not all doom and gloom, but there is still, you know, it's what just McCork was like. We just want a little bit more, but we've got to realise it. Probably the whole whole country at the moment realise that Limerick are probably the farm team at the moment. And yeah, Cork, Cork no whole Limerick played on in fairness. Like, and just saying that early doors yesterday, I think if, if you come hundred into Limerick right, and you've chased them around the field, that's what they kind of want and they'll kind of pick the holes very quickly. Like, so strategically, the half-back line for Cork yesterday, they were good. They held their positions as much as they could. You know, the Limerick puck out whilst it was effective at times, struggled for a little bit to start of the second half. So the Cork half-back line would have to take some credit for that too. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to say to you, I, I, I didn't know it till yesterday, and um, it was Derek McGrath said it to me before the match. Uh, the Richie English story, like that, like how how big a blow is that? I mean, like for me, you could possibly lose one of the halfbacks with you now the Barry Nash option, the Paddy O'Loughlin option. We all know Kyle Hayes is capable of going back and doing a job there, but like. That full back line was a, you know, I know Tom Condon has done, and Aaron Costello has really stepped up now. He had a very good game yesterday, yeah, Aaron Costello, yeah, in fairness. But Richie yeah. English so, sets up so, he's an awful lot of the, the short ball goes to him mm. as the guy to give the next ball out, maybe yeah. to the midfielder like Keen Lynch coming short. And like he, I, like I, I love him as a player, I have to say. Yeah, it's nearly a specialist position now, cornerback, because you have to have pace, you have to have, do you know what I mean, a bit of guile about you as well, no one to kind of. Stop a fellow going in, and he has that in abundance, right? And he can hop into full back if he had to as well. Uh, he's definitely a big loss, no doubt about it. And it's probably one of the lines that Limerick mightn't have as much cover as they'd like to have. And you know, if the way the games come in May and June, you'd like to have maybe at least four. And if the add on to that as well is that Mike Casey has had one or two little issues with injuries where he's had to come off and stuff like so. If you had a line at some stage where you were out Richie and Mike Casey, but massive loss, massive loss going forward. And out for the year, unfortunately. Yeah, as you said, if you, lo- if you lost one or the other two, and Mikey has had a few problems, I say, I'd say uh, Mikey will be kind of treated with kick gloves from here to the championship. He'll be minded, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, but no, definitely I, I will agree with you, a big, 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 big loss.
But you just mentioning Keane Lynch there yesterday. Have to highlight a bit of skill yesterday where he flicked the ball back between his legs. Like I mean, that was incredible. Oh, it's a shame if Flanagan in the first half, a fast ball that came in, controlled the ball out of the air, brought it down over the bar. There was tremendous skill lads at the game yesterday as well. Those things need to be highlighted. And I'd be, be mourning, you know, for, for one reason, is the, the compulsory helmet. Because I'd love to see Jamie Hardy's face because he had no <laughs> clue where the ball was going. Like, no. what, a, what a genius bit of... And, you know, I think Derek said it last night. Great sign of Kylie's management, like because they are a very structured Limerick, but he allows this guy to go show him what you can do, kid. Yeah, well, in fairness to Keane, like he's all tricks and flicks, and has been for for a long, long time. And you can just imagine the other amount of kids around the country today. Like, how many of them are going to be trying that tonight or whatever it is? Like, You're under ten to see on an Astro. <laughs> Cut out that stuff, will you? You were on about the brick flick a couple of weeks oh, ago. Yeah, no, yeah, we were on about yeah, the, the Keane yeah, flick, like oh, you know. Yeah. It was class. Great to see it. Like, and ah. I said, you need to see that in those games. You're going to go to see that that, that type of stuff. But yeah, he's yeah. unreal. Ah, he's unreal. Probably wouldn't even. That dominant in the game, like, no. but uh, it's just that that moment alone. Still chipped him in his couple of points from the middle of the field, and you know what I mean? And yeah, we, we might have been saying it was quite yeah. enough game, but it was still uh, very effective. Like. I, I think a game like that, and Kylie wins it, he's saying, and Keane will be better on the 10th of May as well, yeah, you know. Sure. And, and that's, that's the kind of thing you want after a game like that. It's crucial to the team as well in the middle of the field, like. I suppose the other televised one, lads, that we got, you know, good look at, and we'll, we'll go back to maybe what I know, there was a lot of talk about, you know the whole uh, refereeing of the of, of the games but the one we got and I, I went over now to, to Croker on a Saturday night and Wexford Dublin like is like Wexford are playing with a new belief that they can get the job it kind of reminds me now look nothing they'll compare with the great Kilkenny team mm. but they had this belief like that no matter how bad things are gone, four points down, three minutes to go, whatever, we'll get something. And it, it just seemed to be like that as well for Wexford last night. Yeah, I mean, even I went up to the press box now because you could just want you to kind of an old accreditation. You could get in anywhere. And I said, I'd go up and watch it from there. There's a brilliant view, obviously, from up there, as you know. But uh, I was just sitting with a few journalists. I had no work to be doing only watching the match, really. But, um, like, they're just saying, ah, Dublin have it now, and Dublin have it now, and just gone now from Wexford. And then they're 13 men, and then obviously went, Owen O'Donnell very harshly sent off you have to say uh, but just the general feeling around me was no no Wexford aren't gone yet and like there was the way it turns yeah. out like as well yeah. as, have they that newfound belief that they can get it done that they are the best in Leinster now and, and that Davy has instilled this in this squad well Davy will never be short in the, in, in the belief side of it and in fairness big strong physical team uh, a lot of the stuff they're doing you'd have to be re- kind of really really like the way they're bombing on they're getting good scores uh, I'd probably question the consistent they're finding themselves in holes too many times you know if in championship now you wouldn't like to be in, in that position but overall yeah the belief is definitely there uh, to me the, the big players like just the size of them the physicality yeah they, they'll definitely be players in the summer I've no doubt about that but I would just question the little bit of inconsistency kind of finding themselves great to see them digging themselves out of a hole yeah. as you will know great sign of a team but still a little bit there for me to be convinced yeah, no, I, I I think they have a particular brand of game. They're, they're sticking to the game plan. They are seeing out the games. And particularly the week before last when Kilkenny came down to Westwood Park and uh, Wexford were totally in control at halftime. Kilkenny come back level with kind of 20, 25 minutes ago with an absolute, you know, hail of, of, of rain. Wex, or, uh, Wexford storm. Absolutely, yeah. And... Um, and like they dug it out, and they went behind, and they dug it out, like you know. So Claire beating them down there, Dale, you probably wouldn't have seen that one coming. I said, would you? 
Well, yeah, we'll touch on Clare, I suppose, as well. But, yeah, like, you, you would have said that would be an incredibly difficult. And, obviously, like, uh, relations would be strained between the two boys. Yeah. <laughs> my goalie and my fullback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, obviously, people built that up into something. Now, what he didn't do against Clare, of course, that he did against Kilkenny was roll oh, on the bike. Now, whether they were ready or yeah. not, of course, yeah. the Chins and the Macho Hanlons, who struggled, actually, when they started yeah. on, on, on Saturday. True. It's amazing, yeah. too, the oh, difference of starting a match. And, and absolutely. Especially and in Crow Park, as well, yeah. you know, on the faster surface. And, yeah, yeah. You know. we might, might touch on the Waterford team. The, the big guns were back over the weekend yeah. against Galway and stuff like that. But uh, to go back to your question, have Wexford become the best team in, Le- in Leinster? They're playing like a team with a confidence that they're going to get the job done. And a bit like what a Wexel supporter said to me recently, we're going to the matches now expecting to win. Yeah. And I think that really is the key for me. Like five or six years ago, they weren't expecting to win. They are now expecting to win and they're proving it as well. Yeah, and is it like, I, I don't particularly think, and if you go back over league and championship the last three years, possibly I just leave it at that window because this is Fitzy's fourth year, let's say, and I know, and I know it's only Matty's second year and he was a bit late getting going early last year but there's really been nothing between them but you'd say like Dublin in a winning position now I'll touch on something the Chris Crummy story you know I, I just heard a, a bits and pieces now I hadn't enough info really on it last night uh, to go there but like like Dublin surely should have seen it out 15 against 13 uh, like a winning position uh, and, and two massive points in Croker as well because everyone you know the usual narrative I, very hard to beat in Parnell would get them into mm, go back yeah true I think they'd be very disappointed with the goal they conceded later on like I said they had numbers back um, I mean best if, if they stepped out on, on, on Jack Connor like I think it was that was one I think when they look at the video tonight they said jeez we should have really done better there Paddy Smith yeah. is a great Connor back but he had to make Jack O'Connor play he had it, hadn't play. he? Yeah, he should have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, and and and, and, that, and that was a key score. That 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 basically got Wexford over the line. Now Dublin were fierce and lucky with the rebound off Paul Ryan shot. Like I could easily have ended in the roof of the net. I mean, and we could be talking about a one point win. So whilst Dublin like they, they did play very well, they did play very well in Crow Park. I will agree with you. And maybe what you're saying about Wexford there is, like down men down. Three, four, five points down. Just the belief they hung in there, got the scores and got the result, and it's a great sign of a team. Yeah, and like we were talking about Petty Smith, and I suppose, look, there was a fair bit of controversy on the refereeing. We, we touch on it here. We, we look at the general thing maybe a little bit later, but Petty got a fair belt in for Conor McDonald's. Sent <laughs> 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 off to say the least. No, Petty won. Petty's a hardy boy from Cantaft. Yeah, There's no yeah. fear of him. Uh, but, uh, like, Conor McDonald. Just like picking in the middle nearly with who gets sent off. He <laughs> could have been one of three fellas getting well, it. Well, like, he was you know? certainly the least man, oh, I'd yeah. say, was he? Until after he got the first flake, he said to his, I'm grand here, but the second one, and the third one straight after it. Like. Yeah, Paddy yeah. probably has dished out a little bit over the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jack O'Connor and Sean Murphy were saying, Does we, a bit of we'll have a bit of that here. Thanks very much. Yeah, there's yeah. only one free going to be allowed. Do I think there's no doubt about it? The least, uh, I suppose, effective belt was Conor McDonald's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you couldn't really see an appeal. But, but would the other two boys be screwed over them? For them? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Possibly yeah. But um, yeah, like on that, like it, it was after Owen O'Donnell got sent off. No, it, it had happened before. It. Chris Crummy was involved in a very heavy collision in the middle of the field, shoulder to shoulder. Now there's nothing malicious in it. Now, I believe Chris is a fairly serious shoulder injury, whether it's collarbone or, and he may be facing surgery this week. Which will be massive loss to Matty Kenny because he's operating with him at centre forward. Very good as well, I thought, Mm. you know, winning that dirty ball, winning the air ball. But like, Dublin had five subs on. Like, and Chris is coming off, like, 
with maybe just say no I'm only speculating what the exact injury is but just say it is a, a broken bone in his shoulder a broken collarbone something like that and he's coming off now there is a bit of blood on his uh, knuckles as we nearly all have like in matches and technically you're supposed to get that cleared up I suppose but like the linesman John Hetherton had got stripped off number 12 on him right to come in for Chris which would have brought it back to 14 against 13 it was 13 against 13 and Dara Gray, who was centre-back and had been tracking Lee Chin very effectively all game, he had got up the field after whoever he, Lee Chin was obviously gone off. And Crummy was gone off. And the linesman just stone blank refused John Hetherton to come onto the field, said, no, it's a hand injury, you're not coming on, there's no blood. Like, lads, is that... like? So you tell me, if I got a nick in the butt of my ear and I have a little trickle of blood, I, have to go, I can get a sob on for me. And yet... I have a fella maybe with a serious injury, maybe facing surgery. I don't know now for sure, but it is a serious injury. And you could see by the way he came off, like he's in pieces holding the arm. They had to go down. They went down the tunnel to try and get him back up to show that there was blood on his hand. And John Hedge was still not allowed to go on. And like the Wexford goal came in that window. In, in that window, yeah. I, th- I think we'll, I said we'll touch on it in a while about the whole, I suppose maybe the, the whole refereeing situation between the sideline and on the pitch, right? But I Just specific to, to that though, TJ. Just specific to that. Like, crazy call. Like I said, uh, like there was blood there. You'd imagine, like, yeah. Like, I think if you were a manager on the line, you probably would have just sent him on and just ignored the official just go for it and... We'll take the mean, fine or the... Yeah, well, there, well, well, they say sometimes it's easier to get forgiveness than permission, you know, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the way you always <laughs> operated, kid, anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> but to go back to... Go back to Found anyway. <laughs> to go back to Chris Crummy, um, his effectiveness in in the half hour line is a game changer. Like the, the restarts, the puck outs are huge. To have someone like him in the half hour line, a go to guy that can win a ball. Like you know yourself in any game today, if you concede two or three scores in a row, you need to have a go to guy to go to. Like someone like him in the half hour line, big call by by Matty, and I think a really really effective one. Yeah, I'd be in disagreement now on the on the TJ one there about the the injury to Chris Crummy, to be honest with you, because okay. as far as I was concerned, he was injured with a shoulder injury. I think they'd been using the blood injury, right? And I'm not I'm not going to talk up the, the the seriousness of his injury, right? Okay, the right thing was he was coming off because of an injury to his shoulder, not to his hand. And going back to the Harlequins blood gate scenario a number of years ago, where you man spitting the blood out there, like come on for any winking now. I don't know, maybe the the the, the cage, you couldn't see it, but to me, that injury, I thought the the linesman was was correct in not allowing on the sub. To be honest with us, you know. Yeah, okay. I. I'm loath to talk about <laughs> that funny shaped ball on this show. I just don't. But look, there's times, and I'll nearly touch on it with the referees a bit later. But um, I just t- ha- surely, Mac, we have to have a look at the rules here. So I have a little cut finger, and I have to get off the field. And there's a good replacement, fresh man right. able to come on. Fair enough. Yeah. I've had, I've possibly looking at two to three months out, maybe missing the Leinster Championship, and we can't bring a sub on. Right. Surely we have the rules wrong there somewhere. But, but the reality of it is... That As the he, rule stands. Yes, but the, re- the reality of the rule in that situation was Chris Cummy was going off because he had a physical injury, not a blood injury. He had blood if, in his other hand, though. Well, he should have been gone off before the injury should have happened, yeah. so in that scenario. I know the, the ref the, can't be going around looking and, for every trick. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a bit surprising that the Wexford lads weren't roaring out to the sideline to say, this guy here has got blood in him, and he needs to go off because that's actually what teams are doing now and saying, he's a blood, he, he has blood on him, he needs to be taken off. And he needs to be changed. So I'm just saying, I, I think you would be using the situation for your own benefit if you're saying that that was a blood substitution rather than an injury. It was an injury first, blood second, in my opinion. <laughs> I know. And with you, Dylan. 
Yeah, I, I, I just can't marry the two things, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think, like, if a, if a physio, a chartered physiotherapist is saying this is a serious injury to a referee, the referee nearly, like, I know everyone's on a team together, a doctor, physio, Correct. And, and there's no there's no one d- d- doubting the injury that was there, but are you saying that he should have been allowed off, that the sub should have been allowed off because it was a blood sub? Uh, I, well, there was blood in his hand, so technically, technically they were down. That, that's your, but that's so your argument were, that it was a blood sub. They got him back up the tunnel to show the linesman the blood on his on his hand that they could have brought him off for for blood. But he wouldn't have even come over to the sideline if he wasn't injured his no, shoulder. I, absolutely, Cro- yeah, but I think Crowley wouldn't come the, off the, for this. His the, hand was hanging off. Yeah, the, fella. The, the point Dave was making here right, is if he didn't injure his shoulder, right, and he came over to the sideline, right, and showed blood in his hand, oh, he'd right, have been blood. He would have been allowed. Absolutely, but. Like the the, the fourth official here is going real technically. No, I saw an injury to his shoulder. I'm not looking at the blood. No, yeah. Saying like so, I do think they had a case. I think it was the linesman actually. I'm not sure who it was now, but he 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 said to the fourth official, no. It's an arm injury, Mm. not a not Mm. a blood injury. Mm. And uh, Mm. I suppose letter of the law, he might have been correct. It is a fair hard one to take though. In that Dara Gray, if you watch where that puck out, now they they badly managed allowing Fenning out of his goal to pick up ball two or three times near the end and launch attacks. But Dara Gray was the centre-back, and if you watch where he was for the goal, mm. now Jake Malone was the sweeper, if you like, mirroring Kevin Foley, mm. and he had done it very very well the whole game. But he actually missed that high ball, yeah. went inside. As we say, we can talk about Petty Smith not coming to meet him, but, but normally Dara Gray, I would argue, if Crummy was there, yeah. 14 against 13 would have been he sitting in the pocket completely. Yeah. And, and I don't disagree with that, but are, are we bringing down this one decision uh, based on the fact that Wexford got a goal after the last of the game? You know, like it's not, it's not down to, like there are way more bigger issues from a yeah. refereeing perspective and over and the look, weekend. The, these yeah. things are always highlighted when it's down the stretch, like yeah, when absolutely. A goal, it's a yeah. goal coming yeah. to injury time, yeah. but uh, yeah, I look at, I suppose we will. Drive on. I, we didn't see much of it, lads, and I didn't even see much of it footage. Obviously, when there's football and hurling on, just for the ordinary guy out there who wouldn't know it and say an RT or showing nothing, it's virtually impossible. Like, you have a yeah. two hour show and you have an hour hurling and an hour football, and like, between head breaks and everything, like, I mean, we got to see about six minutes, I think, of Claire and Kilkenny, if uh, the same, less, I'd say, Watford and Galway, and about less or the same leash in Carlow, which a lot of people would argue. So we didn't see things. No, I don't think there was even a camera at that one, Larry. No, no, no. Yeah. Do you know, I'd like tip, obviously, good win for them. You'd expect it. I'd say Westmead are nearly focused on that relegation match already. But like, yeah. from a clear point of view, I'm going to be a little bit parochial. Great start for Brian Lohan. Oh, brilliant start, yeah. He, he would have been thrilled with his position, I'd say, if you'd, if you'd offered him six weeks ago. Yeah, really, really would. He kind of has he settled in nicely. But we're only seeing a couple of scores there. It's just, just like from all those games. We're not kind of seeing any sort of a picture from the game. How did the team set up? Who had possessions? That type of stuff, I think, is important going forward. Myself, I think maybe, Dale, you should have maybe a Monday night show. Uh, and you could just go through all these like like I myself I'm not a big soccer fan but like listen to the boys there on Monday Night Football like when they go into setups, formations how teams set up against the formations and even watching Atletico playing Liverpool the other night right, the way they set up and the way the back four are literally 30 yards away from each other the whole time they go forward together they go back together it's just good to see it and I just think that Hurling deserves more now I think the game has changed a lot in the last 
probably two to three years definitely the way it's gone the possession the way the middle third has gone and I think there's an onus upon I, I don't know who's on maybe the GEA or whatever to get a programme to get out there to the viewers to show how teams are setting up uh, how teams are coping with that setup, how they're counteracting it and I think that a lot of the general supporters deserve to see that basically week in week out so I think you're going to more you're more educated going to games to see exactly like if you watch American football for example right if you don't understand the rules and exactly how teams are setting up right you kind of say isn't that a lot of shite right but then if you understand it right and then you kind of watch the tactics and watch the play and stuff like right it's an unbelievable it's a very addictive game like sitting down there at night and watching it for the four or five hours like ourselves here we're Monday morning quarterback yeah 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 so I I, I, I do think I do think that hurling needs Guys, it's on platform. It, it needs a platform for people to be able just to show exactly what's going on. It'd be brilliant. It'd be yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Like brilliant. if you if you try to dissect the Limerick system and how Cork can kind of set up against it, or maybe declare away, or what Davy Fitz is doing and show it to the people, I think it'd be massively interesting. Yeah, jeez, you've covered an awful lot there, TJ, in terms of, um, I suppose about the tactics and about video analysis and about your own show and stuff like that, like. Um, Delo show. Yeah, the Delo. No problem, lads, hosting it. I think it's down to, to rights, lads. Yeah. TG Carr have the highlights show on the Monday night, you know, and like, while we get, now you will get to see a great chunk tonight of Clare Kilkenny, Watford, Galway. You like, um, I, t- I think it's down to rights. I think the RT would nearly love to have one. Yes. You know, I still right, think okay. the highlight shows, are, they're very much focused on scores. They don't really kind of show you the story of the game. They don't show you the setups. Like you, you used to enjoy that now when you were forward, but when you went yeah, back yeah, for yeah, back, yeah, then yeah, different story. <laughs> but if you like realistically today, and you know this yourself, right? If you're not at a game, right? In the modern era, it's very difficult to fully understand. To see the formation, to see, to see yeah. what's actually going on, yeah. yeah. In fairness, even to the examiner, right, and I know this is a plug for the examiner, right, they're probably the only paper who show you how teams actually physically lined out because right. most of them just named 1 to 15 and yeah, you yeah, just yeah. don't know. Like. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, right, fellas, yeah. we're an ace, but it's playing like Bill Cooper, he'll, yeah, be, he'll be put it right at back. Correct. Rightly yeah. so. Yeah. 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 But you know what? I, I just saw something that Shane Stapleton obviously gives great old coverage to us in the games, and he, you know, a diehard hurling man um, wouldn't be great rugby men you saw that comment but like funny enough we only saw a bit of highlights and we saw the three three of the four goals and the other goal was a bit scrappy but it was also a long ball in and we spoke about the direct approach and I saw a little clip early this morning from Shane who was at the match saying Shane O'Donnell is back to his very best in all the games so far and obviously O'Donnell scored two goals and made the other one for Ryan Taylor And yet he said, but Claire murdered him with long balls down on top of him, and right, he's five yeah. foot nine or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, but like it just goes to show we didn't see uh, the whole picture as you said, TJ. Correct. And and like again, it, it comes back to you know if you're something somebody like Shane O'Donnell, we know his work rate is fantastic. A little bit like Alan Cadigan, who has that same Nicky, you know, out tracking everything will take you on every time they get the ball in their hand. They want to take you on. But Shane, Shane O'Donnell is a very good talent and his, his attitude is fantastic as well. And he has that gem of a thing with scoring goals. But I think in the overall context yesterday, uh, Clare had started for us well, had been in control of the game. Kilkenny came back and looked like they wrestled back control of it. And then coming down the stretch, Clare got a goal right at the debt to put him a point up, I think. And, you know, things level up. But look, in the overall context of building a team under a new manager with Brian Lohan and stuff like that, I think going to going down to Nolan Park and get the result there, win or lose, yeah, massive know. result. Just, I see Mullen came off with an injury too. Dilla. was it? It was a knee injury or whatever. Like, so that's look at all we saw was him on a stretcher grimacing and um, 
whoever was doing the comments she said he's off for the knee injury, injury. and by god and they're, that's like, they're hardy boys like they don't, yeah. they don't go down so like he had two uh, brilliant scores guys two brilliant scores yeah, yeah. and taken and off in the 21st minute and he's a really important player for them going forward like he's very classy like his feet get him out of trouble he's just, he's just, just a brilliant player have a handy for them to come back in TJ Reid yeah, and, and Colin Finley yeah not so yeah, bad <laughs> uh, like and they're getting they're getting this 40 minute block uh, two weeks in a row now into Richie Hogan Correct. do you know I like you <laughs> Killian Buckley back to back games under his belt you know and that's what these guys need you know yourself when you're moving on in years you need matches like you can be saying I'm flying and training but matches are completely different for Clare one thing I would say is they're more direct that's very obvious and I, I may be dying to go and see him against Dublin now though again can't be a scene in the flesh like in Correct, being there. And that's what I'm like, it looked like they had three up top a lot of the time in, 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 the, the, head, in the camera yeah. the one thing is John Conlon just like he had an awful tough year last year with injuries and again John is not getting any younger either and obviously the 2018 form John Conlon was a contender for hurler of the year mm. like, but if we're going to go direct you're going to need John Conlon to come back to the form of 18 because if you haven't the, you have no Peter Duggan now and like he's a big loss he's a huge loss because he's also a big man that you can throw into the edge of the square mm. and play O'Donnell beside him and whoever's going to be in the other corner Ryan Taylor is going well at the moment but you know you will have fellas come back who's to say Podge where they're going to put Colin Galvin and move, you know they're going to move Make Kelly back into Fars whatever but Conlon would need nearly to come back to where he was in 18 if, if that direct approach is going to work yeah he would and, and, and in fairness to him he is some target man at the edge of the square and you got, like, if, you, if you remember 2018 like he had some season got some amount of scores and it would really suit the system like the way they're playing at the moment lumping ball down like but um, a lot of teams are playing that way they look like withdrawing half forward line kind of working the ball trying to get it in over the top but it's good to see teams playing with two and three up top because like, it's at least lumping ball forward Shane O'Donnell probably struggled because of maybe that like in to see him on the ball very intelligent player Aaron Shanahan you know he's always a player that seems to come on and, and makes a contribution and stuff like that I'm a bit surprised he hasn't nailed down a position for himself on the team but again again there though Mark you had the cruise it you see do you know yeah. um, just takes yeah. time yeah. He just, he fair man there too yeah you like this you return to play process and all this and he followed everything but in actual fact any old setback then can destroy the fun mm. on season for you and probably rush to get back late 18 you know and then 19 doesn't really happen no he he made a big impact when he actually came on for John Conlon I think yesterday we saw the impact he made against Leash last week when they were under pressure for scores into the wind like and yeah, he he's he, a weapon. He, to to like. me, he he's a quality player. No, yeah. he's comfortable off left and right, big man as well, and yeah. good hand in him. So and that that might be Plan B if yeah. John doesn't get back to yeah. his very best, or even if there isn't seventy five minutes in John Conlon that you'll have a Shane O'Hare type there as well, or, or or you wanted to go for a twin towers approach with a Shane O'Donnell playing off him, playing off him in a, in yeah. a triangle. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned we mentioned the Keen Lynch bit of skill. I think I have to mention the Bill Sheehan. Tap down for Elwood's goal, like talk about as good as you see, goal. as good as you see, like and he meant it, like as a situation, yeah. What, what, what a flick, like what a reading of a situation. Elwood made a run, he knew, knock it down into his pass, as good as I've seen. And we'd all say, probably Cody would say, well, you catch the oh ball. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> almighty, is this, is this what we're coming to? Sh- short yeah. puck outs and flicks from the forwards. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah brilliant. It was, nice. it was, it was, it reminded me of old style Jackie Turrell, Paddy Deegan. No look, just took the ball off you, Lawler, and spun off the, the left, <laughs> lamped it. But of course, you had Walter in full forward at that stage. Now, Walter had much, much to do with it, except he'd probably want, need watching. Yeah. But Bill Sheehan, for the smallest guy maybe in the pitch at that stage, to just touch it into his run and Aylward, like whether he starts or comes on, there's, a, a, there's a finish in him the whole time. Liam Cahill has nearly the story of the year so far. Three from three, you know, beating Cork, beating Galway. 
it's some start to a managerial career there. And that's what you're looking for is starting out. Is that in fairness to Lohan, like he, he's got a couple of nice results. Uh, Liam would like, you, you know, if there's a bidding in process there, like in, like, I suppose for the good managers, like when when it's sport it is, right? They will always have a little bit of credit in the bank, right? When you're heading into it as a new guy, right? You're, you're kind of your your credit is low, right? And getting results and winning matches, that's great for everybody. It's great for the setup. It's great for the belief, and you get that little bit of buy-in, right, from the players because, well, I certainly know one of the other. I'm not sure about other managers, right? Is it like? The questions always tend to come when the defeat is there, right? Whereas when you win, it's just papers over everything. Like so, yeah. that's just a great help for any manager to be winning matches. It's huge, mm. and that could have gone either way. From, it could have gone either from, way from reading but, about it and the little bit we but, saw. But the result is what's the huge thing for him. Yeah, and is it is it the opposite effect in for Shane O'Neill? It is. Unfortunately, he just needs to get a win or two under his belt, kind of because, like, I think you just like. It's a bit like a player, right? If you're a sober or sitting on the bench or whatever, right? Like you can't say anything when the team wins. You just basically have to roll with it, right? But when there's a defeat there, Dello, you can always ask the little question. <laughs> I'll tell you, one of the, one of the, we used to always, we hadn't cars anyway. The only one that had a car was Sparrow, and the normally four or five was on the panel, like, <laughs> and like Tuts, Fergie too, he was, was always a comedian, you know, and like, he wouldn't have got a run maybe in some league game now in the height of winter and terrible conditions. I can picture it in Lachnan's getting it tonight. No, no, he would be coming home in the car and I'd say, well, you're pissed off, Fergie. And he said, oh, yeah, he says, they were useless, the two wing forwards. <laughs> <laughs> My stock has gone way up today. He used to say, <laughs> classic two wee thinking like in yeah. the back of the car. I'll go, well, no, Tuesday night, I'll be back on next week. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but it's important uh, setting out in any regime that you get victories, you get wins under your belt. I said, it, just, it, just, it just buys the belief hugely all around the setup. Great for training again. To go back training again this week, win under your belt, move on. Great. Yeah, yeah everything you've said is, is 100%. It's just that Shane O'Neill still isn't uh, playing with a full deck of cows. Like, you Joe know, cried off for the You know, Joe Henningan, uh, David Buckner playing, Dahi Buckner playing, three key players for them. And what if it started Gleeson, Jamie Byrne, Patrick Manny, Kevin Moore for the first time yesterday? So, you know, what if it had been excellent so far this year? They got, you know, and two home games, one by a pint as well, coming down the stretch as well. So, I mean, that's great from a morale point of view. And right now, and let's not forget this now, this time last year, Parry Fanning Fine was well. in exactly the same position as Liam Cahill is in now. Got to a league final and then the, the wheels came off. But just everything you're spot on. You know you need to get out in front and get the wins under the belt. But you know the biggest question is from Waterford are they too far ahead of the curve at the moment? Is there much improvement left in them? Um, I mean they certainly they have the done. talent. Oh, they have they have the talent. Uh, they have the players, but you know. When the, when the like Waterford Welch Park is a graveyard. I go back to nineteen ninety. Dennis Carlin mm. played minor with, and and Dennis is in charge of the team. And he said the toughest game you'll have this year is going down to Welch Park. Yeah. And how right he was. We got out by a point. That, a that, point that didn't pan out last year. You know, they made a massive plea to get the games there and obviously reduced attendances. And it didn't pan out, but now they're after beating yes. Cork and beating Galway there. Yes, and yeah. like Tip have to go there on the 10th of May, lads. And, and last year, Anthony, and we always said the championship, the first game is the critical one. Am I right in saying Clare beat them by a point in the first game? Absolutely. And if they got over the line in the first one, momentum builds and spirit builds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and back to sort of earlier, maybe Liam Cal got to break there because he didn't have to play Limerick the week before. He's just got another win under his belt. So just sometimes, you know, yourself when it rolls for you, it, 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 can, it can definitely help. Like So with another, let's say, another result under his belt, it's it's much easier to go and take on to send the next game like yeah, and for the positive for Shane 
And you know, I know Shane's a very solid man. He yeah, there's a lot of players. Let stuff get yeah, to him. No, he won't. So Max, 100 percent right. There's a lot of players to come back into the setup there. Yeah, they'll be fine. Um, Plus, they have the two home games now, Salt Hill games. They had a lot of wides as well yesterday, yeah. and a lot of shots at the post and stuff like. So I could see that. I, I, I could very much see this kind of coming together for him. Like, is David Bourke on a break? TJ, would you know? No, I know. You might be like, no, he's, he, he's back. He's back. He's back, okay. and he and he's back in the setup, and he's training. Like, so he's a okay. big player, and 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 Dahi Bourke is back as well. Like, so so. look at you're talking a three and eight. And eleven, yeah, possibly yeah. the best three, eight, and eleven in the country under there. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. it's yeah. just I. The only thing I'd worry about is you know, from my time involved with that Limerick setup, we used to come across the Galway Miners uh, a good bit, and they were good. Like they were very sy- systematic. Not a whole pile of. I know Evan Nyland got a few scores yesterday, now, and I thought seeing him as a minor, I said this one is mm. going to be. But not, they're struggling to kind of make their mark. Yeah, Colin Whelan is still the go-to guy nearly in the full forward line. He got four points in play again yesterday. Colin Mannion, Jason Flynn, those fellas, I thought three well, or four Mannion years ago, Mannion was good yesterday. Yeah, again, three, but like, from play know, I thought they were, you know, real good fellas, like, you know, going forward. Yeah, did I see Padraig Mannion went off injured, I think, in the first half as well, I think. Yeah, he went off after 18 minutes, yeah. He went off injured after 18 minutes, so again, I don't know, I don't know, but hugely important player, captain now for him for the, for the coming season. Probably hasn't been hurling at the heights that he was, maybe, but again, like they have a lot of big players there. I think come the summer they'll be fine. Yeah, and all, all, look at it's just all about being in the tree in Leinster for that's him. What, that's what comes <laughs> down to. That's yeah. Beat be yeah. Kenny last year and got caught in Parnell Park and and what good is having a good league then? Score difference. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Like yeah, I suppose the, just to touch on it, we we did touch on already massive massive win for Leash like a match should not have been played as Eddie said straight out last night yeah. with the conditions. conditions playing under 20 football game the night before I mean how many people were at that under 20 football game surely there's a floodlit place in Leash that they could have brought the 20 you football game you would expect game. so you would expect so but yeah the conditions looked hard enough and you had to dig in but as you said from Eddie's point of view all about the result he just needed to get two points in the board there because you know like for them on, on, on the platform they're on they needed to stay in Division 1 they needed to keep the, kind of the, the profile up for them and like look as you said he's missing a good few players at the moment but massive result yeah I was talking about the oval ball and Dale you don't want to mention is it the round ball you don't want to mention either the football like, <laughs> you, you would call him well, Collins you'll have, have to bring you'll have to bring back the leash the leash under 20 manager and say he was delighted to get him match played the night oh, before yeah, like, you know but he got to get match played in an yeah, astro pitch they had a huge amount of controversy in leash yeah. last week for, for not playing football matches like you know I know, so. I know. look and look I knew as I said Carlo were going to come all guns blazing and they'll still have another go yeah. and they'll have a week now or two Do to it. dust themselves down before Do that it. and Westmead obviously took a bit of a, a hiding off tip did he tip before warm but tip before yeah. warm you see like the week, the, week pre- the week previous as well like you know yeah. that, that, that Westmead had played very well yeah. against Cork like so you know I think Cork probably took them for granted slightly going up there but it's a different story with tip tip before yeah. warm like. you saw the team he named as well Liam Sheedy that like there wasn't any chances being taken no, two no. points were required and they were definitely you know, not like but I just suppose, again the main man. but you know the, the, you know Ross King and Matty Kavanagh right it just shows even in we said the counties leash and care, that there are fantastic hurlers out there and isn't it great to see them in the top division of hurling you know that's that for me is a, is a key thing as well that those lads yeah. have played their trade for years Anthony and never played against we said the lad the bigger teams or the, or the tier one teams on a regular basis so like Killian, fantastic. Dial, Killian Dial in Westmead like what a, what a forward yeah, I remember yeah. seeing him at a fail in the gale as we were hosting fail in the gale and uh, I don't know did I tell this and this before now I forget myself a bit but we were hosting but we were only in B in Clare in the, in the 14 championship but still tossed kind of you know we're in B now in the failure we might have a chance and you know the way the failure format first match yeah. Friday night and we're hosting Raharney and these two twin boys are staying with my brother Martin in his house you know the host yeah, club put up, put up yeah. a club 
And I said, they're lovely lads, the fathers. I guess, man, he came for a couple of pints with me last night and the boys are gone to bed and they think they have a good team. I, he says to me, like, you know, so I'm doing, I'm doing to the match anyway, obviously living in West Clare now, in to see the first round of the fail at Clare Castle, lovely facilities and everything. Well, these two twins ran a drag with us all over the field. I cool, said, yeah. Clare Castle Hurland is in bad shape for the future. <laughs> but of course, they go on to be the two dials that right, have okay. been savage. I mean, Killian has obviously come to, to more prominence. Yeah, but brilliant but, players. But a lot of those counties have some brilliant players. We hosted uh, the fail a number of years ago as well. We had a crowd from Maramada and Keedy. Fantastic hurlers as well. Like, right? And they were telling me after under 14, a lot of them don't probably play hurling anymore. Like, right? But again, I was just telling you earlier on, I did um, a session there, one off with, with the Kildare Miners. There, one off, you're telling us, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Good club man of mine, Owen Stapleton. Shout out to him this morning. Uh, um, involved with him, doing great work. But again, massive enthusiasm. Some fantastic hurlers, and again, just to see them, and you, you just like to see all of just what you said. They are. They need as many opportunities. Exposure, as they can get. exposure, yeah. as, as much as possible. And I think it's fantastic that the league has gone up to six teams on either side because it, it gives even the teams that are not in the division at the moment. It gives them the opportunity to be in the tier one hurling next year. Yeah, well, I, I've I've made this argument so long, lads, that there are some counties there are just no hope of getting them competitive in hurling, and they're they're glad to play in the in the lesser competitions yep. and they enjoy it. And finally, in Crow Park, if we can get there, it's a realistic target for lads. But there are a few counties that we could get up that notch if we worked hard on it. Now we've Martin Fogarty out there doing savage work. Mm. I know everywhere he goes, he's so popular, but it's so hard. It's nearly falling on from the Paddy Butler. Yeah. Like instead of you know we we should be putting more resources into Carlo Westmead Kerry. Leash. Shane Conway is probably the farm hurler in the country at the moment isn't he he's a fantastic player and learned it in Licks now you know what I mean and and by God learned it well in the match in two Fitzgibbon Cup Finals brilliant there's more and I know they're doing great work in Tralee I I always mention Tralee are trying to get Tralee Parnell's totally hurling going contested a minor A final last year and that that, that, for Kerry Hurling that Mm. would be key you're probably not going to get it into Killarney but if you could get Tralee even because you only had the eight clubs north of Tralee if you can get Tralee strong, that would be a, a you know an urban base as well there. We've discussed the whole pile, lads, and, and I'm conscious of the time, lads, and we look at I lost the plot a small bit with the whole frustration of being in Donnybrook all day yesterday <laughs> thinking about what I witnessed tonight for lads, the refereeing. Do we want to see 92 freeze, lads? I, I know. I'm no, for myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like, were there, TJ. Was, what like, was the sense around the ground now? I might have been a little bit removed in the press box, but in the press box in Crow Park, you can hear the moans coming up yeah. through the crowd. And I just... I was probably one of them times. Like, but, like, look, I probably have three bugbears at the moment with the GEA, right? Like, the, maybe the, the calendar, the fixtures, right? Um, I said the GPA as to what they're doing, and the third one, obviously, is the referee side of it, right? And I'm not here this morning to kind of to batter on, right? But as far as I'm concerned, in the three issues here, the GEA and maybe the, the, the key officials, right? They're trying to fix the stars, and they're missing the moon, right? They're talking about sin bins and black cards, etc., right? They cannot get this consistency right themselves, Right? For me, there's four referees at every hurling game, right? There's two linesmen, there's a referee and the fourth official, right? The fourth official is effectively just doing secretarial work. I said that before, right? The two linesmen, right, are key players going forward, right? They have to get consistency among themselves. I've been on the sideline where I can completely see something blatant going on. I say it to the linesman and he's telling me, sure, I can't do anything about it. And you, I'm sure you've heard mm. it yourself. Yeah. Like, he's sure. basically saying, I, I, I can't do it, right? So unless... They get that right among themselves. The game of hurling, and I've like been training there now, even refereeing training games, right, where fellas haven't cut off each other. It is difficult to referee, right? And I know that Johnny Murphy, in fairness to him, and he, like he, he's working in, in, in that long at the moment, and Johnny's a good guy, right? He wants to get these decisions right. An awful sound mentor. An awful sound mentor, to be fair to him, right? And like he's played the game himself, right? But 
I, I'd be concerned about what's happening in the office, like what kind of a, re- a report he's getting this morning, what direction is he getting, what direction do they want this game of hurling to go? Like, and just on that, you that to be cut because you're, you're in great. That's this is brilliant <laughs> stuff now. But there was a general review meeting last Monday night after the the, the bad stormy weekend. There was a mid-season review, and you but, just but, wonder. But what, yeah, what it. happened? What goes what goes on in there, right? And what I'm saying is, in the modern intercounty world and training, right? These small-sided games where they're dealing with that packed middle third and the tackles and the hands and the po- and getting away the hand pass quick. That's part of the modern game, right? So if the referees aren't talking about this and moving with this, and even on video analysis, right? Most of the counties now have video analysis on the referee. So what's the referee doing in order to up his game? Is he video analysis on, on players, what they do, on the tackles and the hands and stuff? For me, as I said, Sean, like, uh, like black card, sin bin, I don't think we need it, right? I think they're focused on the wrong area. I think the consistency, getting the referee in right is the crucial thing going forward. And I think they're focused on the wrong area completely. Mm. Yeah, well, like the, uh, the black card and the sin bin, as far as I'm concerned, is just following football, as far as I'm concerned. And it is I, a cork I, motion I, now, Mark. You know that. Is it, well, uh, this, well, be that we, we voted no against everything else that, but, that, but that they the want to change. The theory on that is that because it's in, in for the football, right? Mm. And there's so many refs doing both codes at club level that it'd make it easier for them. Yeah, well, it's, it's ridiculous. That, it's ridiculous because football and hurling are two different games. Art, you know, and and Dale, I, I'd be straight with you. I mean, we should be like if the governors of the rules are catering for both hurling football under the same guise is ridiculous because they are two separate games, two different games completely. Like the referees, I going back to your you know your scorecard for Johnny Murphy. I'd say the people above on Crow Park that are viewing Johnny's. Uh, Kerr today would be very happy with him, I'd say, because he was probably technically right in an awful lot of things. And the same with Seamus Clear yesterday in the Cork game. I think they'll probably be getting glowing re- reports today. But for the players and for the management and for the people watching the game, they certainly antagonised. They were capable of antagonising the whole lot yesterday. But this isn't good enough now, like, right? And I know that some people commentators will come on about decisions will go against you, some will go for you, and they'll balance out at the end of the game. I, I don't buy into that. I think at key times in games, decisions are crucial. Like, we're going down the stretch where one and two points are winning a lot of hurling games. And you go to the summer now, like, right? And you go back to Galway last year, like, it was a score difference, like... These are critical decisions going forward, right? And I think that the hurling side of things have a big, big, maybe 12 months to get this right. Like, it's important. Like, there's probably five or six teams to come in the All-Ireland definitely at the moment, right? Like, it's going to be very, very tight. Uh, matches are going to be hard won, and we don't want to be talking about referees during the summer. And the point you made last night about the referees, they kind of deal with it different during the summer. I don't understand that. But my, my biggest frustration is, right, is you've got three referees in the pitch, right? And I know you've got a fourth official outside, right? Is that... If those three guys can work together, and I know there's competition among them because they're kind of nearly, I won't say, saying if Johnny has a bad game today, just I might get the semi final. I'm looking at the yeah, All yeah, final, like, which is the wrong way of looking at it. I just think that amongst them, right, and amongst that organization, there is an onus to move with it, right? And like, I suppose maybe really dig into getting the tackles right because that middle third is ferocious. We don't want to see yellow cards, we don't want to see fellas sent off in the wrong. And to me, it's an issue. And it's not going away, Dillo. Yeah, and I, like we never had it so good, lads. I mean, we all we, we all think about uh, our own eras. Uh, uh, so you, you, you want to go to a hurling match to see the blood and thunder and the skill, the Keen Lynches, and to see the scores, right? But like, 
it's mad. Just stop it. There's 92 frees and like, like the advantage rule, for example, right? When, when you're playing great money, like the advantage rule was, was handled all wrong Saturday night. No, but they don't even like, one. The inconsistency mm. among themselves refereed, right? The advantage rule was brought in significantly. It was a fella bearing down on goal in his foul, right? You're giving yeah, the advantage, the right? Sure. I've seen referees was a cornerback coming out with the ball there, right? There's three fellas hanging out of him, right? And the referee's there with his hand giving, just give him the free and get on with it, will you? Yeah. And then a fella going through on goal and he won't let him off. It's yeah. bananas, like. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, we're on about the black card. I think none of us want to see it imposed as it is in football. It'll be chaos. Is there an argument, lads, for this? I, a lot of lads are saying a penalty. I've suggested myself maybe a two-point free if if the ref deemed, and someone said to me then, but then, then how is the ref going to decide which is... But sure he's deciding anyway. He is deciding. What's, what's what? What's a penalty? What's what? How long injury time? How long ever... You know, he has to make decisions. I think we're deflecting away from the key issues again. They don't know what is, what is a free. Some referees call it a free. Some don't. Like I saw some of the cornerback play yesterday. I thought it was very good, very smart. He gave a free for some of them. He didn't give a free from the other. Too many inconsistencies. And I think that the focus is on the wrong area. I think the referees... You made a point, I think it was at a show there recently with you, right? Where you said, is there a case here for a professional referee a panel like a top a panel, panel. That are, yeah they can yeah. devote their time d- to d- no, d- 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 there might be but, but, t- but TJ I would have been exposed now through to the Sunday game crack to, to what goes on with the referees like they're fairly are scrutinised now they're, between each other yeah. like you know well, who's scrutinising it then? well it's, it's I suppose it's ex-referees are the panel and look at is there football guys looking at hurling games and vice versa like, like I said they, they, they are different games right mm. and I just think that like having maybe coaches or ex-players even helping the referees and stuff like right I, 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 just, I just think that there's definitely more that can be done amongst themselves they're might they're talking to each other right so basically a linesman can send a fella off right mm. but he can't tell the referee he was a free yeah I know and look I know that they were instructed to start to this before the league started. If in doubt about the hand pass, give a free. Give, give a free. Surely, if we, in doubt, we, we should be going the other way. We definitely feel the other way that it should yeah. be allowed the play to continue all the time because you want to give the attacker, you want to give the person in possession the benefit of the doubt. Don't be slowing down the game by giving a free or pulling it back. And it's very difficult. I, I would, I, I wouldn't care to be a referee, no entry. To be fair, at the moment, like it's, 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 it's unreal. Like the scrutiny, and these guys are going out to do a job this morning. They don't want to hear it on the airwaves, on the television, on Sunday night, and and today in the papers no, no. and stuff but like that. Like they're trying hard. to do the best. Hard, yeah. But I've, I've no doubt that the referees at the moment are being, um, I suppose, under pressure with the scorecard on the Monday, and they, they are ambitious. They want to get up along the line. They want to get to the Munster and the finals. They want the All Ireland final. They want to land a CV. We we'll just talk about the Hampers a second. Right, you're going to train the team tomorrow morning. Like, what? Like, if there's a, a guy there who's thrown up the ball a foot away from his hand and he's hand passing, he's going to get that ball knocked away from him nine yeah. times out of ten. Or like, the hand pass will go up or high, the hand pass will go up high, whatever, right, right? Like, the way the teams are training, the small sided stuff, the possession games, right, is based on getting this ball away quick, slick, slick. Right, these boys have just they're really, really good at it now, right? It's a very, very minimal, but they are by the letter of the law, they're not breaking it, right? And I'm saying the referees aren't moving with that, and that's what I'm saying about. Like, the technology that's available to teams, what they're looking at, like, the analysis they're going into, I don't see the same coming back from the referees. They're not in touch with the modern way, the modern game, and they need to focus on it. They need to get it right for the summer. The only thing I would say to you, TJ, like, is, is that, like... And I'm a fan yeah, of the referees, no, and, 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 and they're under pressure. I get on well with them all, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, Universally <laughs> loved. Yeah, 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 you'll be talking to them a fair bit. 
I just think TJ does an awful lot. in the county finals with Richard and Galway. Wrongly, am I dead? I went to referee after was a You were sent off more when you were on the line than you were playing. Although that was a few as well. Misunderstood. Well, you see, like Dermot Sullivan was sent off yesterday for a tackle that was missed. It was clear that Dermot Burns caught shanking somebody in the elbow on the side of the head yesterday, and there was no free given against him. That was very clear. And what I'm saying there is, right, it is possible at a given time, right, because the game is so fast that the referee could have missed that, right? You have to give him that, right? But what I'm saying, with the assistance, the linesman was right there, right? Just to put he should have picked same, it up. The same as in a soccer game or another game or whatever it is, right? Just put up the flag and say, that's a free. Yeah. yeah. Now, can they work with each other? That's a key question. Can two linesmen yeah. and a referee in unison say, the three of us are officiating today? Yeah, and I think, look, we could be here till lunchtime, lads, and, it, you know, we could talk about this certainly all day, especially if there was three creamy pints in front of us and whatever you're having yourself, Larry. But, um, I think that and the calendar daily are the two big issues. I think it's too wet for hurling. It should be pushed out a small bit. Yeah. I don't agree with the hurling one for April, right? And, and, and this is my last rant for today, right? Like asking clubs to be getting ready for championship the first week in April. A lot of clubs don't have lights, don't have the facilities. Every pitch is drenched, right? All, all, all through the country, uh, it's wrong, right? So I think the key issues, right, going forward, right? They need to get the officiating, right? They need to get the calendar, right? Like the Fitzgibbon Cup, the Harty Cup, they're not getting the focus and the intention they deserve. And I think that they are the key issues, and that's why I said earlier around about the GEA talking about fixing this fixing that as I said that's my point yeah. they're trying to fix the stars and they're missing the moon you know like, and, and I said even trying to manage it or coach or whatever it is get, to get a team ready like effectively for a game or two in April but you don't want to lose the two of them you have to have them somewhere ready right then park the bus for four or five months and get, and get going again I think it needs to be put to the back end it'll allow clubs a bit of time at the start of the year where they don't have to be training in January get your leagues and your, your club leagues played in April, May and June and start your championship the argument the GA will make is if a team gets an Ireland final and they give them a week you won't have time I actually think that if you ask players right if Limerick get to that Ireland final this year, right? And we're tight, right? Can we play two matches in the week? I think clubs and players will agree to it. Yeah, I think the, the other argument they'd make is like, where in Clare, maybe, they don't play championship in April, but then in Cork, you have a massive amount of clubs, divisions, football, hurling, Northall, dual clubs. That yeah. it's, 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 it can't be the same fit for every county. And, and the other side of it is that if you don't have something to aim for in April, the longevity of the game, I think TJ long term is actually going to start to struggle because if you said to fellas, look, we're not going to play a championship till August and try to get out fellas in May, we say start off in March, you know, forget your January and February, your winter Operation training. Kind of, like, I think over time, TJ, fellas will actually start to go away to other sports. I think rugby and soccer would take over because there's a calendar there that they have a match every weekend for about three or four months of the year and I think fitness levels will go, I think commitment levels will go if you don't have something to aim for early in the year. We all all know it's a disaster taking three months off in the middle and that still hasn't been solved and it's a calendar issue is what's 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 causing calendar issue like what I'm saying is look, what's happened with the Fitzgibbon Cup isn't right with the area competitions it's just not falling right and for me asking clubs right in the depths of January and February right to be training hard to try and get ready for April paying money costing money I'm not sure it's sustainable, right? And I'm not sure if a lot of the youngsters of today in rural clubs around the country are going to continue doing it. I'd have a concern okay, about it. Okay, but just going back to the Fitzgibbon and the Harty, like, traditionally, they have always been the winter months where fellas, when they came back to school in September or October, November for, for third level fellas, they want to be playing in the muck and the gutter, to be fair. Like, that's the, like, that's they, their competition. They, they, exactly. So I, I don't see there being any issue with them playing their championships at this time of the year. But, you know... For clubs and stuff like that, yeah, I, 
you know, you could you could make the argument that January or February is too early and stuff like that. But I wouldn't be touching if it's given or, or the Harty, you know, in terms of. Oh no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saying they didn't yeah. loan. I'm saying they deserve more respect. Like if it's given cup this year because it was run side by side, effectively with National Hurling yeah. League, like it didn't get the attention it deserves. Yeah, yeah. Bar the, the the whole um, media side of things has improved, and we all had the joy of watching. Oshin Langan co-commentator with Brian Hogan which Correct. was fantastic of a win tonight at home yeah, but, like, yeah. Yeah, we, I, I think we nearly need to lock people into a room good mm. hurling people and football people as well GA people and try and solve these things people who have really at the coal face there's people going to Congress for me are removed totally from the actual issues going on at the ground and I, I we won't solve it here we we could go on till lunchtime the three of us on it Is there a case Dale here for a, a, a complete hurling association side and a complete football association side of one I'm not saying two different associations or am I I don't know but just complete focus on the game of hurling Are we taking Torles and they're having crop out I'd be happy yeah, enough for that. Maybe enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah keep talking, keep us That's great stuff. Look, we as I said, we we'll have a lot of Mondays for this stuff, and uh, I'm sure there'll be loads of it. We we just weren't happy. We I think the 92 free count on the two best surfaces in mm. Ireland yesterday hits us a bit, and we don't want that. And look, hopefully we won't. Thanks very much for listening to us. Give us an old review. Give us an old comment. Good, better, and different. We take it on board at this this hour of our lives. And We're used to the criticism. We are. We've been down that road. Thanks a million, folks, and uh, enjoy your Monday. Alliance, supporting all thirty-two counties through the Alliance leagues. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 